On today's episode of the Gaucho 9 podcast, we have Jerry Fall, the voice of the Gauchos from Fall Productions and Big West TV. And we also have UCSB Baseball Analytics, David Tillotson and Spencer Stewart. We'll be recapping the Santa Clara series, Gauchos taking two out of three. Uh, fun conversation with Jerry. He's one of my mentors. He helped me get my start in broadcasting way back when. And we've had a lot of great memories together. So it was cool to have him on the podcast for the first time. Uh, I thought it was only fitting to get him on for, to celebrate and recap the first weekend of 2021. And then David and Spencer, we go over some of the metrics that we found during the series, uh, some of the moments that we liked. We pick out some of the players that we liked, performances, and uh, we just continued to reiterate how excited we are to have baseball back. So that's what we got on this pod today. And like all the podcasts, we are proudly presented by Kyle's Kitchen. Great food and great people over there at Kyle's. Check out their locations in Goleta, Isla Vista, and Santa Barbara. So let's get to our interview with the great Jerry Fall. It's one of the most beautiful views of any campus in America, the Pacific Ocean crashing against the shores of UC Santa Barbara every morning, noon, and night. There's the one strike pitching. Mitchell belts us to deep left. Cabrera is going to watch it fly. He strikes out the side for the second consecutive inning. And Armani belts it to deep center. Gauchos are going to Omaha. Can you believe it? Two pitch and a curveball is swung on him. In the score is two. Here comes Mitchell. He's going to score. And the Gauchos are the 2019 champions of the All right, now we like to welcome in Jerry Fall, the voice of the Gauchos. And a lot of players have said to me in the past, Yo, Kev. You're the voice of the Gauchos, man. And I, I try and tell them, like, no, no, no. I am a voice. I am yeah, a that's voice. That's what I am. I but, am a voice. You are a voice. We're the voice. No, no, no. You are the voice of the Gauchos. Baseball, basketball, soccer. I'm just older than you. <laughs> that's all. I've just been doing it longer. <laughs> well, job. well Jer- Jerry is, of course, the, uh, the Big West TV play-by-play announcer. He does men's basketball. He does men's and women's soccer, and he is uh, the head of, director of, producer, all that of Fall Productions. Am, am I not mistaken? Is that accurate? That, that would be accurate. So when did, when did Fall Productions start? When did you, when did you uh, spearhead that? You know, Kev, we actually started it um, in the fall of 2016, so we just missed that great baseball season of 2016. <laughs> And I always look back at that and think, why, you know, Shane Bieber out there and 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 all the rest of the great gauchos that made it to the College World Series, why couldn't we have been doing it then? But the fall of 2016 is when we started. But you still had we were that was the first year we started doing a a video live stream of games, right? In in right. that season, 2016. It wasn't fall productions, but it was like the early workings of it. Right. And I think Greg Kim, who had something to do with that. Greg was a student at UC Santa Barbara, but you and I got to do the radio together. So that was fun in 2016. And you and I will never get over Sam Cohen's Grand Slam in Louisville. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to fall out of the we press box. We lost our minds, Jerry. <laughs> I thought you were going to fall out of the press box. <laughs> the only pitch he could hit was that change up. <laughs> he was seeing 100 miles an hour. 
And I don't know, I was, but that whole run was great. The, the whole Andrew Chekets era has been great. I mean, it's just been so exciting. And I'm just, I'm, I'm sure you feel the same way, just hugely disappointed that fans can't be there this year to watch what's going to be a great, great baseball team. Yeah, it, it's tough. And I alluded to it on, on the, the audio-only broadcast with Spencer Stewart over the weekend when, when Rodney Boone was taking the hill. I was like, man, I, I think the last time – well, it wasn't the last time, but I, it reminded me of when Rodney was starting on that last day of the season in 2019 when Wasaga Stadium was packed to the gills and they were turning people away at the front gate. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, unfortunately, they're turning people away at the gate still – but for different reasons and we all know the reasons and we understand them and hopefully soon in some time in the future we get back to normal and we have fans at at Caesar Wasaga Stadium but in the meantime it's you and me that are helping out the folks and, and calling the game. It's, yeah exactly and I gotta tell you you know and you You've dealt with John McCutcheon, our great athletic director, and Tom Hastings, you know, Kelly Barsky, a great deputy ADs um, under John. But what a what an unbelievably difficult job this must be for them with this with all the sports, Kevin, with the COVID-19 and the, you know, the making sure that the student athletes test properly and that they're okay. And I mean, that they don't, you know, and I'm just knock on wood that that this virus hasn't, you know, sidelined too many sporting events for UCSB because it has for other schools. It has. And we got word that Ivy League's not going to support uh, baseball this spring. They didn't do football in the fall. They didn't do basketball. So Ivy League has missed out on an entire year of athletics, which is tough because Gauchos normally will host uh, an Ivy League school. We were set to play, uh, I think, Yale this yep. year. Uh, like Harvard or I'm um, not Harvard Dartmouth has been here. Princeton has been here. Right. Like we we've had those Ivy league schools come out and play the gauchos, uh, but not this year, but yeah, I, before going into the weekend, I knew it was going to be a long weekend for myself personally. Cause I was working the baseball games and then I also called basketball games exactly. Friday night and Saturday night. So I was, I was hyping up for, all right, five game weekend. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a long weekend, but Tom Hastings, Kelly Barsky, Bob Bronsema, yeah, uh, Bob. they're they're also they were at all five of those games as well, uh, wearing many hats and and doing a great job just to to get us on the court and get us on the field. Mm-hmm. And it was a it wound up being a a great weekend overall. If you include basketball, the Gauchos were four and one. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about the series real quick. Gauchos take two or three from Santa Clara. What were your, cause this is the first time that you've seen the, the, the Gauchos in action. Exactly. In, in what, 11 months. So yeah, it's been pretty close. So I want to, I want to know what were your first impressions of, of the boys? You know, I mean, at many times, Kevin, they look like a number eight team, which they're ranked. Um, I mean, you look at the play Cole Cummings made yesterday. That's what players on number eight ranked teams do in the nation. You know, this great diving play at third base. Um, at other times, they look like what Coach Chekets, uh has told me in recent weeks, and that is he feels that they're a little behind schedule. And he, he told me at that time he thinks that that will come out sometimes, that they're a little behind schedule. And I think it did. I mean, McLean O'Connor made two errors, but he's a great, great shortstop. And he's the Big West Conference field player of the week because of his batting. 
Um, but then, you know, you look at Zach Torah, I think on Friday when Torah was on, he was almost unhittable, but when he was off due in part to his wildness, um, they got to him. And, you know, so I think, and, and you know a lot better than I do because you're with the team every day, that the work you lose because of COVID restrictions is work you don't get back. You can't get those days back. And so for that reason, I think Coach Check, it's still probably feels like maybe the team's a couple of weeks away or, or whatnot from really being this, this juggernaut of a team that um, everybody is praising around the nation. And um, I think he's probably right. I think he's probably right. Because if you look at the series, and I think if you ask the Gaucho players, they would probably point to several different things, things that I don't even necessarily remember that they could have done a lot better. Um, and, you know, obviously maybe swept the series, but Santa Clara is pretty good too. Yeah. A quality opponent. And they had a couple quality starters, particularly on Friday uh, and Saturday. And, and you're absolutely right. And, and I think coach check is absolutely right. Like this is just something that the team and a lot of teams around the country are going to have to deal with, with, the, the layoff in the summer with guys not playing competitive games for so long, you're just, you're just not used to that, the speed of the game, the details of the game. You're trying to kind of teach yourself and, and remind yourself about these little small minute details that aren't just I'm throwing the baseball and I'm hitting the baseball. And, mm -hmm. and it'll, it'll come with time, and that's why we play a non-conference schedule. And the coaching staff has done a great job putting together a non-conference schedule and getting started on time. There are a number of teams that did not play this weekend, uh, particularly in the Big West. There were six teams that did not play, six, seven teams wow. that didn't play this this opening weekend. So you can you put that all together, and I think the Gouchers are going to be just fine because they they bounced back and won the second two games of the series after dropping the game on Friday. Was there was there a turning point in the series? Because I have one an inning, a specific inning that was kind of the, the turning point for me. Was there uh, a point in time where the Gauchos realized in your eyes, like, all right, hey, these guys are pretty good. They're taking it to us. We got to step up our game if we're going to try and win this series. Um, I think I think there were a couple for me, Kev. I think um, I'd be remiss if I didn't give a big shout out to Corey Lewis, the redshirt freshman, for his work in Friday's game, because that was one of the silver linings of Friday's game. That's the game the Gauchos lost eight to four, but he was spectacular out of the bullpen um, and really making his Gaucho debut because he didn't pitch last year. He redshirted last year. Um, but I, you know, I think McGreevy was really solid. Um, I don't think he commanded his slider quite as well. And I'm not doing a very good job answering your question, but there were several, several things that stuck out to me. I thought McGreevy's effort was really, you know, he was not at his best and yet he was really, really good. Um, but I love the way James Callahan rebounded from the inning on Sunday where he didn't get any help. And then he comes out and throws up a zero the next inning um, because the game is, you know, it's hanging in the balance the next game, it's, the next inning, rather, it's five to four. And, and if he, you know, gives up something, then we've got a different ball game altogether, but he didn't. And in terms of winning the series, I think what stood out to me was that Callahan came out that next inning and threw up a zero. Yeah, because at that point it was, it was five four. It's the rubber match of the series, and we there's still three innings to play. And anything can happen on Sundays, yeah. as we know. And and he puts up a zero, and then gives it to Connor Roberts and Chris Troy, who mm -hmm. the back end of the bullpen, who we expect to be in the back end, 
uh, and they did their job. They uh, tr- Troy was lights out, and, and Connor bounced back from a rough appearance on Friday. Uh, my my turning point was, I think it was the fourth inning on Saturday. Gauchos were trailing three nothing, and they scored four off of the new pitcher who came in in relief of Erlinson, who just went three, but was was mowing them down. And the Gauchos scored four runs four different ways. So they had a they had an RBI single, they had a sack fly, they had a a, a bases loaded walk and an RBI ground out something like that. So they scored runs four different ways. And that being said, I. Yes, there was the O'Connor home run yesterday. There, McLean hit the ball all over the yard all weekend. Um, Sprinkle had a double. Curtly had a double. The offense is going to come. But I think early on it's going to be important for the Gauchos to generate runs, and they were able to generate runs, especially yesterday early in the game where they took advantage of leadoff walks. Is, was that something that, that stood out to you over the weekend? Yeah. yeah, I think it was something that stood out particularly – Saturday and Sunday, whereas on Friday, the Gauchos were one for 10 with runners in scoring position. So they didn't really get the job done on Friday like they did on Saturday and Sunday. But I like your turning point on Saturday when they came up with four in the fourth and then four more in the fifth and really put the pressure on Santa Clara at that point. Um, and, you know, with Santa Clara having 98% of it at, of its at bats back from last season and 92% of its innings pitched from last season, and they were 12 and five. I mean, that's, I think Kev, that's legitimate success against a legitimate opponent that the Gauchos had and taking advantage of the things that they did on Saturday and Sunday that they didn't do on Friday was, I think the reason why they won the series. Okay. So how about Rod Boone yesterday? Picked up where he left off last year. The changeup was disgusting. Tons of swings and misses. Five innings, nine strikeouts. And obviously he was the best performer of the starters, this highly touted starting staff of Zach Tora, Michael McGreevy, and Rodney Boone. When do you think – I mean, I think they were on their way to being in comparison to the 2015 staffs and the, and the 2019 staff. Do you think they'll be up there in that conversation by the end of this year? I know it's looking forward a lot, but it certainly seems that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we don't have anybody that throws as hard as Dylan take through, but you know, as a starter, but I think that these guys will definitely be mentioned in that conversation. Um, Because if you look at, at the great Shane Bieber, Bieber wasn't, he always has had pinpoint command, right, Kev. And, but he wasn't throwing, his secondary pitches with the great success that he's throwing them now at UCSB. And he just kept developing and developing and developing. I think these guys this year are continuing to develop. Zach Toro was just an incredible strikeout machine last year. I mean, what was it? 13.69 or eight, nine strikeouts per nine innings. Um, I think Rodney Boone has a little chip on his shoulder because he was the Friday starter last year and now he's pitching on Sunday. And I think he just, you know, Jackets has always said to me, he loves it when they shove it back in his face. And I think that's kind of what Rodney did yesterday. You know, he's telling the team, Hey, I, I don't care when you pitch me, but I'm a Friday starter in my mind, because like you said, the changeup was, was filthy. I mean, it was just, I think Santa Clara batters knew it was coming and they still couldn't hit it. And I mean, I liked his fastball. I liked his command. I mean, nine strikeouts, um, you know, just one walk and two hits over five innings. He could have gone longer and he will go longer as the season um, goes on. But, um, you know, I think his pitch count was very reasonable. McGreevy's five innings, he threw a lot more pitches, it seemed like, on Saturday. But I think this staff is going gonna, is gonna to rank with 
with um, in in similar ways and different ways. I think it's going to rank with uh, with the Biebers and the Tates and and the Hakames and those guys. Um, it's it's going to be a nice comparison. All right. Well, I, this this is going to be a fun segment moving forward throughout the year because. <laughs> I, I we we could talk baseball. Uh, we could talk about all of the games last year oh, yeah. in the same sense. Like I remember every single one of them. That's kind of how how last year was. Like because it was so short. I just I remember all the games. Uh, so we'll you we'll have you on for for multiple podcasts moving forward to to recap games, to preview series, and all that stuff, and do more of the like of what we just did. And I, I would like to extend my thanks to you because many people don't know. I mean, you're pretty much a mentor of mine. You got me my start when some wild eyed 22 year old student manager comes up to the great Jerry fall and goes, Hey Jerry, I noticed that you do the games by yourself. This is back in what, like 2013. You mind if I could sit in and do color? And for some reason you had some great faith in me. I don't know. Maybe you asked around, but you opened up your, your booth with open arms and, and here we are. Yeah, no, you've always been great, Kevin. I see how hard you work. You're, I've always told you you're the hardest working man in baseball because that great field out there, you're the head of the field maintenance um, for baseball at UCSB. And it looks like a major league park, it, you know, the field wise. And it always has. And you've always worked so hard and you're always so passionate and dedicated to what you do. And I think you're the type of person that if you're going to if you're going to do it, you're going to do it right the first time. You're not going to you don't slack off. And, uh, you know, you've got a great voice and and uh, and I think, you know, you, you're just going to do great things. I think baseball is going to be in your career bloodline for as long as you work and whether it be broadcasting or whether it be head groundskeeper at Yankee Stadium someday, um, it's going to be. Oh, seriously, seriously, that feeling. And again, it's too bad the fans can't be out there, but maybe they could see it on the video stream or you can describe it yourself on your broadcast. But it was fun to have you. And it's been, I'll never forget, like I said, that ride in 2016 that you and I were on. And, and Oh man, it was so much fun. Oh, it was great. When you, when you I, kicked off, when you kicked off this interview with that, uh, my mind went a zillion different ways. I was like, wait, I'm supposed to talk about Santa Clara, but man, I want to talk about this so bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, it, and you remember how hot it was in Louisville, and we oh were there the weekend, the, the weekend of Muhammad Ali's service. Right. So we had these dignitaries in the hotel lobby. I think Al Sharpton was there, and mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Jesse Jackson was there. I mean, they're in our hotel lobby, and all of the streets basically in Louisville are closed except for the Gaucho bus, which has to get to the stadium to play this super regional against a team that was thirty-six and one at home that year. And everybody just thought they were just going to mow the gauchos right over, but but Bieber and Sam Cohen had a lot to say about that. It was it was unbelievable, unforgettable, yeah. and man, I, I hadn't thought about that. I mean, that was the last year where we really worked worked to get together consistently, right? And just the the pandemonium in in the in the press box after Sam hit the homer, because like the the like Melissa Corneo was in there with little Dante. And and John McCutcheon was in there because they were trying to get out of the heat. Exactly. And, and so you know, there's a handful of people sitting in there with us, and I almost, you know, scream bloody murder on <laughs> on the broadcast when he hits it, and it was oh my gosh, it was just, it was so wild and oh it was. And we I have to never forget that. 
yeah, we have to point out for the folks that may not remember, the Gauchos were the home team that game. Home team, yeah. Second game of the best of three Super Regional. And had it gone to a third game, Louisville would have been back being the home team like they were uh, in the first game. But the Gauchos were the home team. So when Cohen hit it, it was a walk-off grand slam. It wasn't like Louisville had another at bat. And the Gauchos won it four to three. Um, and it just, I'll never, ever, ever forget that. And I've covered different things. I've covered Major League uh, World Series games. Never been to a Super Bowl, but NBA playoffs with the Lakers a lot. That, that team that 2016 team will always be number one to me unreal unreal and then you know td ameritrade park in omaha oh, wasn't too bad with the uh, spielbergs came in and and, yeah. and did his thing and and the yeah. gauchos won a game against miami it was great so yeah yeah um, and knocked miami out that's right that's that right yeah right, we'll, we'll have to get we'll have to reserve a, a whole podcast just for you <laughs> so, so we can do more of this or we can just we can just sprinkle it in here and there uh, yeah. uh, throughout the year whenever we have moments that, that remind us of, of previous games. So uh, Gaucho's back in action against Pepperdine next week, and uh, we'll talk to Jerry, and we'll see Jerry at the yard. Well, I will at least. Yeah. Uh, we'll see Jerry at the yard, and we will, we'll keep in touch throughout the season, and we'll keep doing this. This is, this is great. I appreciate it, Kevin. Thanks for having me on very much and i feel honored because you've had like spielborgs on in the past bieber in the past michael young in the past so thank you for being or adding me to your guest list i i hope i didn't bring the quality of your guest list down too much but thank you for <laughs> for having me on i'll just i'll just say it's it's about time it's about thank time thanks Kevin. <laughs> all right that's jerry fall voice of the gauchos thanks jerry thank you All right, UCSB Analytics is here. David Tillotson and Spencer Stewart. Guys, how did you enjoy your Kyle's Kitchen this weekend? Which Did you guys have the crispy chicken sandwich or the uh, grilled chicken sandwich? So I, went, I had the uh, grilled chicken sandwich. You had the crispy, David? Yeah, I had the crispy chicken sandwich uh, all three days. Um I think that's the the debate is settled for me that it goes Kyle's Kitchen, and then it's Popeyes or sorry Chick Fil A and then Popeyes in that order there. So um, wow, that's crispy high chicken praise. sandwich debate. Kyle's Kitchen takes takes it absolutely. That is that is high praise. I had uh, I had grilled with a Caesar salad on Friday and Sunday, but Saturday. I had uh, I didn't grab mine in time, so I I had the leftovers and I had them all after the games. So the entire game I had to sit in anticipation, hoping the game would finish up so I could get to it. But um, once I had it afterwards, it was well worth the wait. <laughs> well, this segment is brought to you by our friends at Kyle's Kitchen, providing game meals for the Gauchos every home game this year. Individual bagged lunches. Crispy chicken sandwich, the grilled chicken sandwich. I had the grilled chicken sandwich. It was excellent. I love the pickles. So uh, there you go. Check out Kyle's Kitchen in Goleta, Isla Vista, or Santa Barbara, and uh, go try one of those chicken sandwiches. Okay, Gauchos take two out of three this weekend against Santa Clara Broncos, uh, dropping the opening day game on Friday, 8-4, and then winning 9-6 on Saturday and 5-4 
on Sunday. Tora struggled. McGreevy started out good and kind of hit a wall. And then Rodney Boone was awesome on Sunday. And this staff, we expect more more good things. It's still early in the season. They're still getting their legs under them. But what were some impressions for you guys on the series this weekend, starting with Spencer? I, I really enjoyed being able to talk uh, and talk with you on the radio. Um, it kept me, you know, not only was I, I felt more in the game, but it, it helped me to kind of explain from my perspective, the way the guys were performing. Um, and, you know, when, when we say, when we say, oh, Rodney Boone's change up is nasty. It's like, well, it's, it's nasty because one out of every three times he throws it, a guy's going to be swinging and missing at it um historically and that was that held true um on sunday against santa clara he even made a guy lose his bat out of his hand like that's how gross his pitches and <laughs> while we can say oh yeah his pitches are nasty um as as you and i chat about it it's uh it it, it just helps me to kind of understand the work that we're doing for the guys and you know why um, certain players are able to execute in certain situations. Um, you know, I'm using Rodney as the example. He was lights out on Sunday. Um, my impressions overall, it's fun to have baseball back. Uh, our guys competed very well, and um, we definitely had to earn those two wins and earn the series win um, after a, a rocky start on Friday. So, um, yeah, impressions, baseball's back, and um, the Gauchos are looking good. Yeah, what what a week for McGreevy, right? He has the slip uh, one day during a PFP, bangs up his shoulder, gets smoked in the shin Friday night off a foul ball from Tora, and then he comes out and throws 96 for the first time in his life on Saturday. Hits a 96 on the radar gun. So uh, props to him for a great start there. Um, another, another one that stood out to me was CT getting his first save. That was a big moment um, for the week. I uh, saw him hit. 99 on the uh the radar gun or 98.99 as we checked after on TrackMan. so uh it, it'll it'll come there some point this season but um great great pitching performances across the board for the gauchos as you'd expect and then uh, a lot of hard hit baseballs too this weekend we love hard hit baseballs and we love hard hardly thrown pitches no we love uh Velos. We love high velos. We like 98s and, and 99s, at least uh, as far as analytics concerned. So the, the point of this segment uh, at the back end of the of the Tuesday podcast is we're going to we're going to do some some players of the week, some key moments of the week, nastiest pitches. We're going to do some. What do we what do we got? Top newcomers. So we're going to each pick players or or stuff that you guys saw in the metrics that stood out to you throughout the weekends. And if we can, we'll try and preview the upcoming series the following week. So to kick things off, let's go with our player of the week. I'll start this because my player of the week is McLean O'Connor, who was awarded the Big West Field Player of the Week this week week for week one of the season that's a lot of weeks sorry on being redundant but four for seven 
two doubles, a triple, a homer, and seven RBIs for McLean. And he also, I think he walked and was hit by a pitch uh, in that. And he's slugging well over 1,000 for the first weekend. But uh, the guy was putting the ball all over the yard, doubling to left, tripling to right center. The homer was the dead center. We'll touch on that uh, in a moment. So uh, my my player of the week is McLean O'Connor. Spencer, who you got? I got Mr. Rodney Boone. Um, Rodney, our Sunday starter, he looked great. Um, I was I was a little concerned. I, would, I wouldn't say concerned. I was just uh, intrigued to see where he was going to take the Sunday game, um, you know, because – Normally he's our Friday guy. Last year he he's, he was the Friday guy, and his uh, his role was to set the stage for the weekend. And I thought he did a very effective job every single start he went out. He's a strike thrower. Um, he's got three plus pitches that are, as I said earlier, nasty. Um, and it was really fun watching him compete because it was uh, he was in cruise control. He, as I mentioned, he was getting a bunch of whiffs on the changeup. Um, he threw it 33 times, uh, only one pitch less than he threw his fastball. So, uh, 11 swings and misses on the changeup, and that's... yes, we were looking for that during the broadcast, and now we got it. Thank you. We got <laughs> it. We got down. it. And it's uh, it, we we could have counted them all up because it was we knew that each time it was thrown, it was gonna gonna have the chance. Um, Gave up two hits. He only had one walk, nine strikeouts in the five innings pitch. Um, faced 17 guys. And, you know, if you're striking out over half of them, you're you're doing good. You're doing real well. Um, so hats off to Rodney. I thought that, uh, you know, in the rubber match game, coming out and starting the way that he did in those first five innings just allowed the Gaucho offense to uh, to, to to produce some runs. And, and the quick innings that he was having um, – it put Santa Clara on their heels. And while Santa Clara did try and scrape back, um, I think that the amount of time that they spent on the field ultimately tired them out a little bit. And uh, yeah, Rodney, my player of the week, our pitcher of the week, I would say um, good stuff from him on Sunday. Okay. David. Uh, I think, I think I'm going to go with uh, CT Chris Troy. Um, like I, like I mentioned, he, he had 99 on the gun, 98.99, whatever you want to call it, but he came in, uh, in a big situation, five to four and a chance to win the series opening weekend and his first career save as a gaucho as well. And he came in and he punched out all three batters that he faced, um, through a slider, I think at 87 miles an hour, just, you know, going to be fun to watch all year. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go with CT for player of the week or yeah. put my player of the week, I should say. Yeah. And CT coming off Tommy John surgery, he missed all of last year and he came out throwing strikes. That was an issue for him his first two years in a gaucho uniform. And, you know, he, he looks like a pitcher. He looks like a pitcher. He, he'll probably, he'll probably like that if you say it to him. But he also might tell you that no, I'm still a two-way guy. I'm, I'm still a catcher at heart. But he, he looks like a pitcher. He he was dialed in. He even he even caught his hat a couple times after he threw the pitch before it hit the ground. I don't know how he does it, but it's just reaction. And uh, and yeah. So okay, let's move on. Key moment of the series. Let's start with with Spencer. Your key moment. What was it? When was it? Ooh, 
Well, it was on Saturday and uh, it was, it was Grievy's last inning. He was out there. Um, his pitch count was getting up, but you know, McGreevy's going to start what he finishes. Um, he was able to get out of a jam. Santa Clara left bases juiced in a tight ball game. And I think at that moment, um, it, it, it was my click that, um, that we were going to be able to take this series because um, he had to fight through that inning. And, um, you know, he, he wasn't as sharp. He was throwing the ball hard. He was throwing a good two seamer that was baffling guys. The slider was backing up a tiny bit. Um, so something that I'm sure he's going to want to work on this week, but um, he, he, he earned the outs there. He got out of a bases loaded jam. I, on Saturday, really, I think Santa Clara's offense, they left 12 runners on base um, that game. And so if you're, you know, they had runners on and they were, close to kind of letting the floodgates open, but um, they could never really get it. And I think that was, uh, that was in part to, uh, to McGreevy being, you know, tight in that part of the ball game. Yeah. And heading into that inning, it was four, three Gauchos. Santa Clara had built a three, nothing lead. Gauchos scored four in the last of the fourth. And they had that one run lead and, Santa Clara loads the bases. McGreevy's able to get out of the jam. Then the Gauchos score four more in the fifth to really uh, cement that game uh, in the middle inning. So good choice there, Spencer. Well done. David? I'm kind of torn between two events. I guess the bigger moment was what I already talked about, where CT comes in and in such a high leverage situation and just the ability for him to to execute there. But one moment that's kind of resonated in my head, I can't remember the exact at-bat. But Boone was on the mound and he was facing um, he was facing a right-handed hitter and he had been just throwing soft, 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 soft. And he finally ends it by blowing a fastball by him on the inner half and the kid couldn't even draw his sword out uh, before he was Rodney was on his way back to the dugout um, after he had punched him out at the end of the inning. So that was that was a big moment that kind of I don't know it seemed like it they they were pretty demoralized at that point facing Rodney on the mound and. Um, we were obviously off to a hot start in that game. So um, those two moments to me kind of stood out from the weekend. Okay. I've got the fourth inning, bottom of the fourth on Saturday, as we just mentioned a moment ago, where Santa Clara was up 3 nothing. Gauchos scored four runs, and they scored four different ways. So it started with a single by Mason Ng, drove in one, then Jason Willow, a base-loaded walk, then McLean O'Connor had a sack fly to center field. And then Brock Mortensen grounded out to second. Fielder's choice, RBI. So they scored four different ways. They got one hit, one walk, a ground out, and a base hit. And that's something that Coach Fontino loves. It's it's scoring runs any way you can. Because you can score. Like Home runs aren't the only way you can score. Going double-double isn't the only way you can score. You can score with walks and stolen bases and advancing on wild pitches, uh, having good at-bats, utilizing uh, a red zone situation with the runner on third less than two outs. And Gauchos were able to do that in that fourth inning and take the lead, and then McGreevy got out of the jam, and then they scored four more, and that pretty much put the game out of reach. So that's my key moment of the weekend as that turned things around because Santa Clara had all the momentum. They won the previous day. Jumped out three nothing. Erlinson was dealing, 
And then the Gauchos scored four times in that inning. Okay, let's get into some analytics. Let's go with the nastiest pitch of the week. I'm going to say the nastiest pitch of the week was uh, Rodney's changeup. I, I just can't. I, they could not hit the pitch. He well, can, was, can you pick out one? And can you pick out one specifically? Uh, yeah. So, well, when we're looking over the scouting report, we're trying to we're trying to formulate. You know, who's going to be who's going to be the offense? You know, where where are some players that we're going to have to pitch around? You know. Um, Jake McNichols had a great track record. He led the Broncos in home runs last year. Correct me if I'm wrong. He had seven, right? Seven home runs last year. Home run leader for the Broncos in the short in 2020 season. Um, and they, they batted nine right-handed hitters in the starting lineup each day. So Tora and Boone are already at a disadvantage there. Um, the hitters having the advantage. So having McNichols up to bat, batting third, um, you know, Rodney knew he was going to face him a couple of times. And um, I can't remember exactly which changeup it was, but McNichols got absolutely fooled by the changeup. He thought it was a fastball low. He took a full hack at it. And uh, he tried to extend the bat through the zone in order to get some contact. And the bat went flying in <laughs> to the Gaucho dugout. And I had never seen anything like that at our baseball field. I was on the podcast or sorry, not on the podcast on the radio. I was speechless for a moment. I wanted to make sure that none of our players got hit by the barrel first, but then I wanted to see what Rodney's reaction to it was. And Rodney was pretty stoic about it, but I'm sure that he must've turned away from the camera and, and had himself a little laugh because he made one of the Broncos best hitters look very foolish. So um, nastiest pitch was Ronnie Moon's changeup, 33% with um, 11 of the 33 that he threw were swings and misses, which is disgusting. Okay, let's go over some uh, some exit velos. Lots, lots, of, lots of hard hit balls this weekend. And for the listeners, you can still hit a ball hard, but it goes right at guys. And Brock Mortensen hit a lot of balls right at guys this weekend. But David... What was the top exit below? Uh, Brock Brock topped the leaderboards this weekend uh, with a 109.45 exit below um, on TrackMan. Actually, we looked it up. It was 10th all-time by Gaucho on our home TrackMan here. So um, good opening weekend for him in terms of loud contact. Um, but like you said, you can hit balls hard and just it's where they're playing defense at. And um I think I looked it up. It was of uh, his 10 balls in play this weekend. Eight were in above 95 miles an hour and six were over a hundred. So lots of really loud contact from him. Um, guys like O'Connor, uh, Nick Vogt and uh, Cole Cummings also getting balls over a hundred miles an hour uh, a couple of times this weekend as well. And the, uh, so one home run for the Gouches this weekend, it was, it was McLean to dead center. Uh, an impressive swing of the bat. Uh, anytime you put the ball over center field fence at Caesar Wasaga Stadium, it's it's a it's an impressive swing. What were the numbers on that one? That guy was a 101 off the bat, and uh, it was at a 28 degree launch angle. So uh, together, those let it go 413 feet to the deepest part of the park here, um, just to the left of the center field fence, and uh, yeah, that thing got out in a hurry too. It definitely fooled me on the broadcast. It looked like it was going to 
you know, be in the gap for, for extra bases for sure. And then it, it sailed over everything. So, uh, again, congratulations to McLean O'Connor, the Big West Field Player of the Week. Let's see, top newcomers. Because we did, we did have some new names make some statements this week. My newcomer of the week, Clayton Hall, the right-hand pitcher, transfer from Merced College, made his first appearance on Saturday in the eighth inning after a base hit made it 9-5. to five. He had runners at first and third with one out. And the heart of the order coming up, McNichols, as previously mentioned, and the cleanup man, Ryan McCarthy. And he struck both of them out. So Clayton's first two batters that he faces as a gaucho in a clutch situation in the eighth inning. Strikes them both out, preserves the four-run lead for the gauchos. So that's my top newcomer, Clayton Hall. Spencer? My top newcomer. Um, though it is technically his second year with the team, it was the first time that we saw him, his first appearance as a gaucho, Mr. Corey Lewis, um, a gaucho favorite within the, uh, within the clubhouse. The guys, you know, Corey Lewis is a great teammate, great guy, um, fairly soft-spoken, but um, he's a pleasure to talk to, and uh, it was really, really good to see him make his debut. He went three innings in game one, um, after you know Zach, not a, the start that he would have liked, and then um, the veterans Connor and Connor they they uh, weren't able to execute as many strikes as they would have liked in the middle innings. There, Corey took over in the seventh inning. He ha- he saw nine batters, and he retired nine in a row. Um, his fastball got up to ninety two, which last year in the fall and in the early part of winter before the season got canceled probably would get up to about 87, 88. Um, so he, he took advantage of the quarantine and he's been working really hard in the fall and winter. And, uh, when you're looking into this, the discussion of who's going to be the fourth starter in a four game weekend, um, he made a good case for himself. Uh, he executed, he had 60% of his pitches thrown for strikes, um, a lot of weak contact, and he had three strikeouts, um, one in each of his innings. So Great stuff from Corey. It was really awesome to see him throw. He looked great up there. A lot of poise. Um, really looking forward to seeing what he's going to do the rest of the year. And David, top newcomer. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, our exit Velo leaderboard uh, champion, Brock Mortensen, from the weekend uh, from Cuesta College, the transfer. Um, like I said, a lot of loud contact. Um, looking to see some some more of it from the season but um 109 again off the bat for his first hit as a gaucho that single um just ridiculous pop from that kid so he, i'm gonna go with brock yeah it, he only had one hit on the weekend but again he was lining the ball everywhere just finding defenders so we we hope that the ball starts to fall for brock moving forward okay let's move on to the big west scoreboard and the standings there are only a handful of teams that were in action this weekend, a lot as well as the Gauchos. UC Irvine and Washington were playing in Orange County. Irvine won the first two games, 5-4. And they did play this afternoon on Monday. I do not have the score update for that. Washington State took 3-4 of four from UC Davis. Fullerton took the first two games from Utah. Nevada... Took two out of three from Cal Poly. And those were the only teams 
that played. So as it stands on Monday night, Irvine 3-0, Fullerton 2-1, Gauchos 2-1, Polly 1-3, Davis also 1-3, and, and Bakersfield, Northridge, Hawaii, Long Beach State, UC Riverside, and UC San Diego has have yet to play. We do know that CSUN and Long Beach will play conference only, so they will not start their seasons until March. But I believe the rest of those teams will be action in, be in action in some capacity uh, this next weekend or next week. So uh, that's the nature of the 2021 season. It's it's going to be funky, um, but the Gauchos will be heading down to Pepperdine on Friday to take on the Waves, first game of a four-game set. 131st pitch on Friday and Sunday in Malibu, and then a doubleheader starting at noon at Caesar Wasaka Stadium on Saturday. So that's what's on tap for the Gauchos. David and Spencer, you can see everything that they post on Twitter, the analytics page, SB Baseball Data. And this this will get better. This was kind of a uh, this was a first try at this kind of segmented style. So we'll we'll iron this out and and try and make it as good as it can possibly be. But uh, I will reiterate Spencer's comments from early on. It's just great to have baseball back. I I I have had a great attitude all day today. It was just great. Won the series. Baseball's back. You can smell springtime in the air. It was just it was a great day. So you got your morning golf in. I did. I did. So okay, that'll do it. David and Spencer, thank you. Thanks, Kev. All right, thank you to our sponsor, Kyle's Kitchen, and thank you to our guests this week, Jerry Fall, David Tillotson, and Spencer Stewart. Great series win for the Gauchos this past week. And much like last year, dropping the first game and then coming back to win the series shows a lot of character in teams to to lose on Friday and then come back and win on Saturday and Sunday. And we hope that we continue to see that as this team continues to grow and get better and get their legs under them and get into the swing of things. Next week, Pepperdine Series, Friday in Malibu, Saturday doubleheader at Caesar Wasaga Stadium, and then Sunday in Malibu. All those games will be broadcast uh, on the audio-only feed on the website, ucsbgauchos.com. Check the schedule page. Follow UCSB Baseball on Instagram and Twitter for in-game highlights and updates for... Uh, those games, and then check out UCSB Baseball Analytics for some of the metrics. And then stay tuned for whether or not the home games will be on Big West TV. Women's basketball scheduled to play on Saturday. Hopefully they can play those games. If they do, Jerry and his crew will be at the Thunderdome, so it will be an audio only, uh, I believe, for baseball. So that's what's on tap this week. Gauchos will keep it rolling. And uh, we'll keep it rolling here on the Gush 9 Podcast. Have a great week. That old wild-eyed girl in Santa Fe.